just getting a stem cell transplant because they're so hard on the body. In this episode, we will talk about battling cancer three times, thriving from it, and at the same time, picking yourself back up again. We'll dive right into Casey Kang Head's courageous story and what she had to do in order to get out of it and also being there for other people as well. Be sure to listen in to hear all the details. Hello, my wonderful VCs. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place where you feel charged up with courage and by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Casey Head. How nice to meet you and also introduce yourself as well. I'm so grateful to be here, Tina. Thank you for having me. I am Casey Head. I am a three-time cancer survivor and I am a cancer coach. I teach survivors how to reclaim their life and learn how to live differently to ensure they are physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger and not living in fear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So what is one courageous story that you would like to share with us today? I am a three-time cancer survivor and I have literally beat the odds and I'm in a statistical category that does not exist. Oh man, so so what three times? Mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I can't even. I know you mentioned like even in your bio, like three times, and then I asked you the same question again. I was like, wait, that is the courageous story of like three times beating cancer three times, and now are you so curious? Are you fully like free now from it or you're still there's still a process of I guess maintenance I guess that's what I personally am not on anything um I go for regular checkups and appointments once a year still um but I am cancer free I hit my five-year mark at the end of last year so I am just quote-unquote a normal human I guess (laughs) oh man so, so during that time and until now, like what, what happened then and what changed now as an like, individual, as a person? I would say everything. Um, you know, I was diagnosed in, when I turned, uh, shortly after I turned 31 yeah. and I was diagnosed on November 14, 2014, so Valentine's Day. Yeah, and I would say it was a whirlwind experience. Um, I, my journey with multiple relapses lasted almost four four years straight of fighting. Um, four months into my treatment, I had a stroke, so I had to learn how to use my entire left side of my body, um, which was not planned for, and I was still going through chemotherapy. So, as you could imagine, it was. Um, mentally, emotionally, and physically putting me, I mean, just in, you know, like your back up, your back is against a wall. Like you are just fighting and clawing each and every single day just to continue to survive the night (laughs) and do it all over again. Um, and as a result of that, like everything changed. I, I, I tried to go back to my old life which I 
ended up having a nervous breakdown because of. Um, uh, I I hated work. I wasn't happy with myself. Like there, it just it it shifts your perspective to actually start to think about life and death and all of these <clears throat> life um, altering <laughs> situations that you did never anticipated to be in ever, let alone at 31 to, you know, almost 35. And so I questioned everything and I really struggled with the meaning and purpose of it all. Yeah. Wait, so, so you were going through chemo and then you also Mm -hmm. had a stroke Mm -hmm. and then trying to figure out everything, what is in life and like, you know, reevaluating, like, now I want to go back to school, like, going back to work, and, like, damn. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, there, nothing prepares you for, for this journey, and yeah. what, what was so unique about my survival story is that, um, after I relapsed the first time, they said my body wasn't responding to chemotherapy anymore, Mm-hmm. And so we tried a few things that didn't work out and they basically sent me home saying, we've got one moonshot of a drug. We're going to write a letter of compassion to the FDA and to the drug manufacturer to have access to it. It's not for your cancer even, but do you want to try it? And I was like, I don't really think I have a choice right now. So, um, you know, after a little bit of contemplation and I just said, you know, if, it might not help me, but if it helps somebody else with the data or that they collect, then it's all worth it. And they sent me home from the hospital and said, you should probably settle your affairs in the meantime while we wait. Uh, wait, so why did they offer, well, I'm so confused. Like, why did the doctors offer you a treatment that's not pretending will be tackling your specific cancer? Is it just like, uh, like a random, oh, it might work or it may not work. We'll see. We'll just try it out on this patient and see if it actually works. Did they actually? No, I mean, so, I mean, trust me, I I thought the same thing. Like, well, this doesn't make any sense at all. Why am I trying this? Um, So they, they knew the drug had some success with the specific type of cancer that it was helping, supposed to help with. However, they were in a phase of the of the drug uh, immunotherapy that was being tested where they didn't know what else it could help, mm-hmm. like any other cancers that it could potentially help. So although they it, it wasn't meant for my cancer, it definitely saved my life. <laughs> and so it was more of a conversation around like, we don't know, but it worked for this type of cancer. Do you want to try it? Because we don't know, we're still in testing phases, uh, trial phases, and the data was not great. It was 114 participants. I think 11 had the disease that I had, and the outcomes were not great. (laughs) So (laughs) that's why I call it my moonshot because it literally was like we are, we are going to give this a go, and if it works, it's going to be great, and if not, like. It can go really badly. <laughs> oh. And well, I mean, you're here now, so it's like, mm-hmm. 
Wait, was this yeah. the last? It was this the last treatment, or was it like the middle? Or, or it was the middle. It was oh. the middle. That wasn't even done. So <laughs> I got. Yeah, I know, right? So my this drug worked. It got me to remission, and immediately the whole goal was to get into remission to have a stem cell transplant. Yeah. So I was able to get in remission. My brother is my donor, thankfully. Um, we are hundred percent match. I know. Right. <laughs> like, thank you parents. <laughs> um, and he, uh, thankfully was more than, more than, uh, happy to donate his cells to me as you can imagine. Um, and so we, we did a, a transplant what I, and I thought like, okay, that was it. That was the final hurdle. We're all good. And six months after that, I relapsed again. <laughs> I know, I know. Six they months, so like after the stem cell, the stem cell um tra- transfer or transplant, yeah, transplant. Six months later. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I know. <laughs> and I would, I was not mentally, emotionally, or physically prepared. I was not in a place to like fight again at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was still trying to recover from just getting a stem cell transplant because they're so hard on the body. Is it like um, how how is it like is it similar it, to like chemo or is it told something even? It's even worse in terms of like what it does and how it affects you. It's like it's like getting a. It is the the equivalent of getting a. Oh, like a, a new kidney transplant or a liver transplant. It's the same thing, but th- what they do is they take out all of my blood and then transfer in my brother's blood. So technically, I have two types of DNA inside of me. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, so that pretty much, wait, of course, I think I'm assuming you were um, <laughs> under anesthesia during this process because all the blood. All that blood. That no, is. so you're you're wide awake. You are aware of the entire thing. I mean, you're heavily medicated, so like don't yeah. get <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't feel a whole lot, but you are awake and you're very well aware. Like my husband was taking pictures of me, and my face just looks like a deer in headlights, like terrified of mm-hmm. what's about to happen, because we didn't. They were just like. They gave us a page and there's like all these side effects that could or could not happen. Some of them are like mm-hmm. small and some of them are like, holy life threatening. Oh my God. So, yeah. but they can't tell you what's going to happen because they don't know. Like, <laughs> so you, they literally are just like, we're just going to wait and see. And you're just like, this is not a break. <laughs> but it's so, yeah, it's not a great place to be. And this put like so you have two DNAs now, your brothers and yourself. So I was like, mm-hmm. but then so it's six months, so then six months later after that, was it did you do the same procedure again of like chemo or now that you're finally cancer free? Was that like five years from cancer free or like five years of like or four four I think four tip four from when you received it first um no so they technically consider you cancer free five years out from from actual ending of treatment um 
So yeah, I was just in remission in, in that time, but, and every cancer's got a little bit of a different nuance to what they consider cured and not. Um, but so that's, that was our question specifically, like, what do we do another transplant? Cause that was really hard. I don't, I physically wasn't in a position to do that. And they were like, well, we had success with the immunotherapy. We were going to try that first. We're going to have the stem cell transplant on backup plan because, you know, rather do the less aggressive one first than not. And I did four rounds of that. And, and since then I've been in remission or in remission. Yeah. In remission. So, so the first one, so the last one you, uh, you said aminotherapy? Immunotherapy. Mm-hmm. Immunotherapy. So you did that for the first round or like the first time. I don't know how to say this. Like the first before this, you, when you re- that, I don't know. Wait, is that the first No, one? yeah. Wait, so it, it's one? confusing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so my original protocol was 18 months long and mm-hmm. it was over 30 something different types of chemotherapy. Uh, blood cancer is really aggressive. And so they basically throw the kitchen sink at it. Um, like mm-hmm. I have hit my lifetime limit for chemotherapy. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's not an option for me going forward. Um, and then uh, after that is when they told me, I re- when I relapsed the first time, they told me that it wasn't working, that my body wasn't responding to it. Um, we tried a different immunotherapy that failed. The clinical trial I was supposed to go on got shut down, and so like literally the uh, the moonshot was my only shot. <laughs> they say the moon 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 jump moonshot moonshot moonshot. Oh, that's what I call it. I mean, I'm sure they, they you can call it like a hail mary, uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Insert analogy of like desperation. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, so it's like, so it's been five years now since you know when you finally were able to, like four tra- like four treatments up within it, and now how are you now? I mean, it's been five years, so it's been a long time now. But yeah, I guess like how was it for the first year for you? Um, for me, it was really hard the first year because my team when after we did that last round of immunotherapy we didn't know if I was going to stay in remission. So for literally the first six months, they just, I was getting blood tested every week. Still, I was going for, um, you still have to do a lot of like your magnesium is low and potassium. So you still are going to get uh, infusions, but they're just not, it's not drop like chemotherapy or anything like that. Um, So there's a lot of still stuff that goes on, but my, I saw my oncologist literally every week too. And she would put her hand on my shoulder every time I came and her thick Russian accent would say, baby girl, we're just lucky you're alive. And I'm like sitting there going like, this is not helpful (laughs) 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 because I didn't know if I could like go live life or not. And so at about the six month mark, I looked at the team and I was like, do you think it's okay to like live life? And they're like, yeah, go for it. I was like, okay, but how do you do that? And they're like, we don't know. Go figure it out. I was like, what are we talking about? I'm like, so you sat with me for the last four years straight. And now you just want me to figure it out on my own? 
Yeah. I mean, I can see where like it's it feels like it's like in, like anxiety inducing the first year because you figure out, like you said, you don't know if you're going to relapse again, if this remission is going to stay or they're going to leave. And yeah, like six months. Yeah. So, so after six months, it, how was it after six months when you finally made that decision? Like, can I live life now? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. That's for sure. So I just was like, okay, what do I need to do to recover? Right. Like, cause mm-hmm. they weren't offering support or help. So I was like, I know how to physically get stronger. Okay. I can do that. But it was the mental and emotional components mm-hmm. that I really struggled with. Mm-hmm. I really like your life is so different and you have this different perspective that you're just like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, do I go back to work and act as if nothing happened? Do I, you know, how do you, how do you proceed? And that's where I struggled the most is uh, where, and it's where most struggle with, because there's just not a lot of aftercare, which is why I do what I do now, because I, I found, I figured it out and everything that I teach, I want to teach others because I mean, like, there's just not a lot of resources and the resources that are out there like they mean well, but they just don't actually help in my opinion, because they're, they're nine times out of 10 watered down because of the bureaucracy of our medical system, or they're from practitioners who've never actually gone through cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like that saying, like you, you don't know unless you live through it. Right. Yeah. And right. Yeah. So like now, yeah. So it's great that, you know, you're putting forth of what you experienced so that there's the after, like the, the support after versus like only during. Mm-hmm. Too. So then, so how are you now, I guess, because I was asking for the first year and now, like, how are you right now in the last four years? I would say, you know, if you looked at me, you would never know that I had gone through cancer um, or had a stroke because I know the differences in my body, but to somebody who's just met me or sees me all the time, you can't, I, I, I hide it very well. <laughs> um, and and there, there's like small discrepancies in, in my body, but from the outside looking in, you can't tell I went through what I went through. And I do have some chronic pain, but that's like it. And I, I'm like, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm genuinely amazed that my body is in this condition it's in, given what it's gone through. Yeah. So, yeah, but life is very different. <laughs> that yeah. is for sure. Yeah, I know it makes sense of what you said. Like, sometimes you wish you go, can go back to where you was. But at the same time, you're like, okay, I can't. I need to move forward and figure out how do I live my life again with like, you know, like you said, having chronic pains here and there and like how you see the world now. Because and realizing that how resilient your body is by going through three, three times. Like, I was like, it's like, damn, body, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> You got me through. Let's do this. You know, like, because I mean, like you said earlier, too, is sometimes it's not the physical thing that's kind of like keeping you down is more like the emotional and mental thing. So the fact that your body was like, 
I don't want to die today. I want to keep living. Yeah. I want to keep going. And then it's, and it did that for you. And that is, wow. It's like you said, like three times, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I will say like a hundred percent, Tina, this journey is mindset. It is 90% mindset. Like, yes, there's a physical component, but if you can't get your mind on board with what you're doing and how you how you perceive what's happening and wake up every day, you know, knowing like, wow, this is going to be a rough day. Like, how do we want to get through this? It, it, it changes and shifts everything inside of you. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you're just different. You were so different afterward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Casey, for sharing your story. It is mind blowing with like <laughs> with, with everything and the fact that you know, like you said, it's all about mindset too. It's like mm-hmm. it's just all about mindset. If you, you know, stick your mind to like, okay, I know I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm like my body's hurting, but if I, I know I could do this, I have support. Let's you know, let's have this courage to fight for me, like fight. Mm-hmm. And so. If you have one takeaway that you would like to share to our audience, what would it be? To never, ever, ever give up hope that something in this moment isn't going to be better in the future. Because this moment is just a moment and it's not going to last forever. Thank you. And thank you for joining us during this episode today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you as well. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening in and sitting with us. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to get connected with Casey Head, please look in the show notes. And also, uh, please leave leave a star rating or review wherever you're listening. And look out for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our conversation and would like to learn more about Casey King Head, please look in the description and show notes for more information and for the links.